Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Uh, crackers, napkins, Clorox disinfecting bleach. Check. Now, roses. Uh, what if they wilt? Attention shoppers, Clorox disinfecting bleach is a great way to keep flowers fresh for longer. It'll even work for that uh, ink stain on your shirt. Ah, not again. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com learn. That song you just heard is Racing Through the Desert, a sample of it, kind of surf-rocky, and it's off of Joe Bouchard's new album, Strange Legends. Hello, this is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and we'll have Joe Bouchard, former guitarist, bassist of Blue Oyster Cult. He's got a new solo album called Strange Legends, and it is out on the new record label, Rock Heart Records, which is an imprint of Deco Music. And a record label that's formed with his brother Al, Al Bouchard, the former drummer of Blois de Cult. We'll talk to Joe, and Joe will, of course, talk about all the so- most of the songs on the new album. And also, we'll talk about Blois de Cult. How could you not? Um, so we'll be back right after this mention about Deco Music. Art has value. That's right. Go to decoentertainment.com and save 10% off at checkout with the code GOLDMINE. In fact, you can order the album we're discussing on this very podcast episode, Joe Bouchard's Strange Legends, and plenty of other albums from artists like Angel, The Vibrators, White Lion's Mike Tramp, Kansas's Steve Walsh, and others. That's decoentertainment.com. D-E-K-O-E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T dot com. And the code GOLDMINE at checkout. Obviously, that's G-O-L-D-M-I-N-E. And hey, if you want to win the Joe Bouchard album right now, there's a Joe Bouchard bundle in our current Goldmine giveaway. Go to goldminemag.com right now to enter. All you have to do... To enter is put in your name and email address and we'll notify you 
if you are the winner, randomly picked next month. The bundle contains an autographed CD of the new album, a t-shirt, poster, and more. Go to goldminemag.com to find out more and to enter. Now let's talk to Joe Bouchard on the telephone. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm good. You did a 10 albums that changed my life with us. I don't know if you remember it for yeah. Goldmine. And mm-hmm. uh, you had some great picks. I think you picked uh, Surf Rock, too, right? Yeah, uh, can... well, yeah, yeah. That was I mean, a big... I, I think, I, I wonder if I can remember all of these. Yeah, I got... I think l- the first one was Little Richard's Greatest Hit. I believe so. Whatever they called it back then. And then it was uh, The Ventures, Walk, Don't Run. That's it. The Ventures, Walk, Don't Run. You love that sort of guitar style. And you know what? Listening to the new album with the instrumental, Racing Through the Desert, I got that sense. Definitely definitely a lot of uh, uh, Ventures in in, uh, Racing Through the Desert. Yeah, that's one of my favorites on the album, and I was surprised that it was just an instrumental, but then I thought, you know, Joe likes surf rock, so maybe that's why he stuck to (laughs) no vocals. Yeah, well, yeah, Um, it just goes back to my youth, you know. Yeah. uh, Did you start out as... I do do an instrumental on just about every one of my solo albums. Did you start out on the guitar instead of the bass and then switched over when Al asked? Well, I actually started on piano. Mm. One of those families that had the, the uh, upright piano in the music room. And uh, so I took piano for a couple of years. Then I played trumpet for huh. maybe a couple of years. And then I got back in and then I did, took up guitar. Yeah. Because, of course, everybody had to play guitar. Right. And my my uncle played jazz guitar. He was kind of he played uh, kind of like in the Les Paul uh, style, Les gotcha. Paul Mary Ford, and uh, so he had a jazz master. Whoa! Mm. He had a Fender jazz master, and he let us borrow it. I can't believe he did that. But he had other like Gibson guitars, and and eventually I. I got a a Gibson uh, Melody Maker, and then I traded it in on a 1964 Stratocaster, which was nice. an amazing guitar. Where's that Jazz Master so, now? Did you inherit it or no? My my cousin did. Ah, uh, he still has it. Yeah, he has a ton of guitars. Now I was I gonna think he's cut off. Maybe you could play it on one of your future solo albums. That would be oh, awesome. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. I got to ask you, it's been about six years, right, since your last solo album, The Power of Music. Well, uh, actually, there was one after that called um, Play in History. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's this, that one came out in 17, I think it was 17, 18, 2017 or 2018. Playing history really, really did well. I was very, very happy with. Um, I was very happy the way that came out. I wrote a lot of songs for that too. I felt felt strong about my writing. I wrote a song. The, probably the the best song on the album is the song I wrote for our manager, Sandy Perlman. Yes. Who uh, passed away? Um, in the, uh, I think in seventeen. 
and or maybe it was 16, but uh, he had a big influence on my career. You know, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a Blue Oyster Cult exactly. without Sandy Perlman. Right. You know. Yeah. So that was uh, that was one after power music. Yeah. I think I hope that I'm getting better at this. Well, how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel I'm doing to get better? I guess. <laughs> how do you feel the evolution has been? with the solo albums uh oh yeah well production wise it's just a uh a really uh uh uh, i learn something every time and i probably one of the hardest things to learn when you're self-produced is perspective you think it's great at the time but then it comes out and you know it maybe doesn't have the flair that you thought it had Mm -hmm. So I think with this new album, I'm getting a little bit better idea of that perspective. Gotcha. And um, I don't know. Well, I the thing you have, and... yeah. See, the thing you have with a band, or even having a brother in a band, you can bounce right. your ideas off of them, and they and will give you exactly. that perspective. Yeah. So yeah. solo albums make it just that much harder because the guys you use are. Yeah. I don't know, a lot of them are yes-men, you know, they do what you tell right. them to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think I I'm, I'm, I, I sort of take it for what it is. And, uh, you know, I had a good time with Mickey Curry on drums. Yes. Uh, most of the time I program my own drums, and I right. think I'm a pretty good drum programmer, but there's something like, something. Oh, yeah. That, that special something when you got a great drummer. I, I heard you mention you know, that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That Mickey, Mickey who... Mickey has played on so many records. And, Alice Cooper, you know, right? Hall Notes. Alice Cooper, The Cult. Yes. Sonic Temple. What yeah. a great record that is. Yes. Why not... a lot of other recordings. I want to ask why Al didn't play or... Well, st- I had just... I had done the Blue Coop album with him. Right. We did that Blue Coop album old style. Right. Rehearsed all the songs together, wrote a lot of the songs together. Um, It wasn't just guys going off into their home studio and then throwing it together as as an album. Right. It was done. We all recorded all our parts at the same time in the studio. We mixed it all together. We did vocal sessions together. Um, so I think it was just time for a, for a little change. It just so happens that one of Albert's favorite drummers is Mickey Curry. Oh. And then Mickey, if you ask Mickey about Albert, he loves Albert. Yeah. He just loves Albert. Uh, you know, his, his style, you know, he, he's definitely, they're, they're, they're both mutually, uh, Mutually have a mutual admiration society, and and uh, I, I'm sure that I'm going to be doing more projects with Albert. We've got a few plans for after my solo album oh, and yeah. his solo album comes out in the fall, and then we're we're planning new albums for 2021. Um, we 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 did a bunch of quarantine videos. Mm-hmm where he would do the drum parts in his apartment in New York, and I would do my guitar parts here in Connecticut, and then we just put them all together and do, you know, put all the magic on them, and we sent them out to a lot of um, charity... Uh, uh, organizations, uh, right? Uh, 
organizations. The uh, uh, we sent seven songs to uh, France. We sent a song to Long Island. We did. I did a Connecticut charity here. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I think your fans we'll do more of that. I think your fans and Bluster cult fans would like Blue Coop. Um, that's what if people don't know. That's Dennis Dunaway and Al. Yeah. Uh, Bouchard. Yeah. So I think, you know, they should check that out. Um, yeah. And of course, another song here that I liked was Forget About Love. And I thought it was the right song to pick from your your latest solo album as a single. I think it represents the album nicely. It's catchy. Isn't that the song you chose? Did you choose that for a single? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, uh, the the uh, I have a manager now. Okay. Uh, Jeff Keller from California, and and uh, he was a big part of getting the Deco deal, and he works closely with them, and they have promotion people, stuff I've, I haven't ever seen. You know, I'm putting out five solo albums. I've done all the work myself. But this has been really good because of working as a team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Forget About Love was definitely on my short list for singles because it's really upbeat. Uh, it's got a great feel to it. Uh, everybody can relate to the, the yes. theme. <laughs> of course. They definitely can relate to that theme. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. I mean, you've always been writing songs, and... One that I, I'm a fan of is on the very first Bloister Cult album, Screams. Yes. I, <laughs> that's a good one because... Why? I don't know. It, it made more sense the more I read about it that you were from a small town and you were intimidated by the big city. Oh, yeah. And, of course, yeah. this was New York City in the 1970s and it influenced you to write yeah. this song. It has that sort of eerie, uh, bluster cult feel to it. Uh, but you could almost yeah. feel like you could feel your fear in it. <laughs> <laughs> the city uh, was a bit hellish then. Well, it was. It was a lot of fun. We 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 recorded on Forty Sixth Street, right off Broadway. Yeah. And in in David Lucas's studio, and uh. and uh, David was a was a great help, you know, getting us to sing, right? Yeah. And, you know, putting, you know, putting the, 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 the polish on the song. Oh, the po- the, and, but you had to go through New York City and you had to go yeah. through the Midtown Tunnel and, and Times Square. parking on the street was like uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> difficult. Well, 46th uh, Street in Times Square is not like it is now. It was... Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's like... Uh, Peep shows and junkies. Yes. Yeah, take a free look. <laughs> take a free look. 
<laughs> but you know, we ate great food. We had the souvlakis and the falafels. They were amazing. Yep. Uh, every time I opened the spice cabinet where I lived, I, I, I get that vibe of going up the elevator because David's studio was in the huh. spice warehouse. Wow. So it was like, you know, smells I never heard of my, never smelled up in my old hometown, you know. But it was the spice warehouse. So you go up the elevator and they, wow, this is great. And then you get up to the top floor and that's where David's studio was. And it was a magical place. It was a magical place. Well, you and, get... uh, so I loved, loved doing that song with, uh, with the guys and, I'm, I'm surprised it has as much longevity and people are still talking about it. But I get emails all the time from the old fans like, I love this song, you know. How did you think of that? Well, I don't know. What's it, it has a certain <laughs> moodiness to it. And, and you know, you gave... Yeah. It's interesting because you gave that sort of moody, eerie touch to a cover that you do on the new album of The Kinks, All Day and All the Night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it differently than the Kinks. You even do it differently than Van Halen. You give it this sort of um, uh, cryptic, eerie, moody feel, which is different. And I was thinking, well, I would, I, I, you know, I had this open E tuning on the guitar, e, e minor. It was an E minor tuning, open E minor on the guitar, and I would learn this sort of picking thing. But mm -hmm. once, once we, I started working with Mickey on the track, I said, wow, this has got to be, this has got to rock out. So it starts with that kind of moody. Yes. You know, I'm not content to be with you in the daytime. Yes. And then, it, then it just. It, you know, goes full bore after yeah. that. So I'm, I'm glad you picked that one out. That's a good one. Yeah, and the the I lyrics, the lyrics are more obviously more straightforward than some of the you know more cryptic lyrics of BOC, but yeah, you could still feel it. One of the things that you said about perspective. Now you write the songs, you do them in the studio, but then when you take them live, playing an instrument and singing. And that's nothing new for you, but it's hard. It's a it gives a different perspective when you have to bring a song on stage for the first time and you have to play it and sing. I'm yeah. sure, right? Yeah, you never really know exactly. I mean, when we were doing the Reaper back in the day, yeah, we had no idea how we were going to play it. I mean, yes, you know, it was it was very hard to play. Um, it seemed kind of different from anything else in this set and how is this going to work you know we actually changed the key for donald so that he could sing it mm. a little bit better in his uh, harder range mm. um 
but of course it's been all analyzed and thought oh, yeah. about since then. So, so you know, everybody and her, everybody and their mother does it. The cover of that song. <laughs> <laughs> that and Godzilla. I mean, you know, there's the there's the harpist. There's the there's the girl group. You don't know how it's going to work out live until you do it live. Yes, and you occasionally, don't. Occasionally, occasionally you get the uh, advantage of actually playing a, a new song before it's recorded live. Right. right. And I did that I did that with a couple of these. I did that with African Queen. Uh, I did it with She's a Legend. You know, just sort of testing them out in small with with a small audience and mm -hmm. you know, if you can get them to go for it like the first time they've heard it and they don't even know the song, yes. you know you've got something that's gonna Hopefully last. Exactly, because you could play it in rehearsal, but you don't know what the, how the yeah. fans are going to react. Yeah. If they don't yeah. react well, then... <laughs> they have to believe you. They have to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to cover is the new launch of the new record label, Rock Heart Records, with your brother Al. Um, yeah. How did that come about? Now, you get Deco... Now you got this new album on Deco, and then you start talking about other material that you would like to release, a long-term plan, and maybe yes, yes. Well, the the first thing we did when we signed with this manager, he said you guys should have your own custom label. Hmm. To it, what it will do is focus on how creative you are still today, and uh, it gives us a great platform for getting our solo projects out to do a Bouchard Brothers project. Uh, we, we do shows as the Bouchard Brothers occasionally. And uh, this gives us a great opportunity to reach more people. I'm finding that my, my, uh, my solo album, even though it's not out for another three weeks, mm -hmm. officially, it's already doing really well in Europe. In Germany, you know, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Europe really has a real to... appetite for rock and roll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Blue Coop got to play in Sweden last summer. It was fantastic. One of the best shows I've ever played in my life. Mm. And it was the Sweden Rock Festival, which is a, an amazing, amazing event. We, sh we should have gone back to Sweden. We had a booking for this summer, but, you know, it's just not happening because of the virus. Yeah. Well, well but there's always next year, and and, and as long as you're, you know, still in the game, uh, they'll put us at the top of the list. Yeah, so that's good. Now, will Blue Coop too be on the label? Uh, that I don't know. Dennis hmm. has uh, projects he's come working on, uh, other projects. So I can't really say for that. He didn't really want to uh, go with this manager because he's still. Uh, has other things gotcha. in the fire, so right. Well, twenty twenty. I, I can't mention more than that. <laughs> twenty twenty is going to be a Blue Oyster Cult or Blue Oyster Cult related year. You got the current Blue Oyster Cult coming out with an album. You got your album. <laughs> You've got Al's album coming out. Yes, which is going, which is called Reimagine. Yes, and, and and very intriguing. I've heard. I've heard most of it, and it sounds fantastic. Well, what, the fans are going to love this. What can Al do to Imaginos differently than what you did in 88? Oh, a lot. 
there were a lot of things that were like he wrote new pieces of music, just you know, new connecting pieces. There were some uh, lyric changes that he always wanted to put in that Sandy Perlman gave him. Right. But uh, so he finally got to redo those. And it's uh, it's a very intimate album. It's not bombastic. It's just like you start you, when you listen to it, you say, "Wow, I, that song is tremendous." I I didn't see it that way. Yes. So anyway, he's got a whole new a new slant on that coming up. And I I can't say too much more. Right. Uh, but it is uh, it is in the pipeline. It's going to be great. Well, it was influenced by Sandy Perlman to begin with, his poetry, right? So, I mean, it's got to be, is it more, um, is it closer to what he thinks Sandy would have liked, I guess, maybe? Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. They talked for years up until until when he passed away about, you know, Sandy wanted to make it into a movie. Yes, you know uh, he had he had a lot of plans, but you know uh, sometimes you know it's hard. It's hard. Movies are hard, and just getting the the album, you know, the way you want it. Is Who knows? Hard. Maybe so, one day. And yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, when it came out in '88, Imaginos had received critical acclaim. I mean, it didn't sell as yeah. well as other BOC albums, but you know, I'm sure this will receive just as much and be popular with the fans. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I just got an email from Sweden. Yeah. And a guy said, I can't wait for Albert's album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love yours, but I want to... <laughs> I love yours, but where's Albert's going to be out? <laughs> hey, man, once no, you guys... It's all good. Once it's the Bouchard good. brothers left BOC, it was never really the same. Um, in my eyes, it was kind of, uh, yeah. you know, it was a good long run. It was a long, good long and run. I, I said, I've said this many times. I thought when I first joined the band, I said, if we got one album out, we lasted three years, that would be fine. Yes. <laughs> which but, a lot, you know, it just worked out. Which a lot of bands thought back then, right? They didn't know right. how long things yeah. would last. I mean, it was yeah. really. I said, if, how old was rock and roll yeah. at that point? <laughs> well, it was pretty young, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the touring, the touring thing was kind of, uh, you know, hit or miss. You know, right. the Beatles came out and did the first stadium concert, but you know, it didn't really take off until the seventies, and you know, the big shows. You know, we got we got to be right in the heart of some of the biggest rock shows. You know, so. You know, it was an amazing time. Yeah, in fact, I heard you mention that, um, I think you said Perfect Water was your favorite Blur's to Cult uh, song. That You thought it was perfect itself.
I think it's, it's the best song on uh, uh, the Club Ninja album, which yes. is my last album. Right. Uh, yeah, I really like that song. Well, it was, uh, wasn't was it co-written with Jim Carroll, author yeah. of the Basketball Diaries? Yeah. Right. I mean, you've worked yeah. with Patti Smith, Jim Carroll. Yes. <laughs> I, got, I got lyrics from Jim Carroll that sat in my attic for 20 years. Wow. And after he died, I went up to the attic, or somehow the box that was in the attic ended up in my studio. I don't remember bringing it or anything. I pulled out this lyric and said, wow, I've got to record this song. So we recorded it on the first Blue Coop album. It's called Angels Well. Mm -hmm. And he gave it to me personally. So... You know, after I wrote the song, came out, I, I said, I better call up his estate, make sure that we clear all the, you know, the legal legalities right. about using the lyric. They had never heard of the lyric. Really? And they set me up with the, the archivist who had everything. They had never heard of that lyric. And I said, well, Jim gave it to me personally. Huh. And I said, you know, I really think it came out great. And. And, uh, but so we, we filed all the copyrights jointly and, uh, but that was, uh, that was strange that this song from, it should have been done. I remember at the time I was working on it and Alan, our keyboard player said to me, no, Jim's going to put out his own album. So let's just put this aside for now. So I said, fine. And, uh, his album came out really well and had a, a, some great things. People Who Died is an amazing song. Um, but a lot of them. And, uh, but Angels Well came out of, out of nowhere. It resurrected. It rose from the dead. And uh, I was very happy with that. You know, sometimes those things happen. You can't plan on them. Right. You know, they just randomly happen. Like, well, okay, cool. You know, and I, I do that song acoustically with just acoustic guitar, and it's still a great song, you know. So, you, do, you do that in your own solo shows? Yeah, and the mm. Bouchard Brothers shows mm. occasionally. Mm. Yeah. Well, a lot of other bands have loved your songwriting. I mean, I remember that Metallica cover they did of uh, Astronomy. Okay. <laughs> well, you deserved it, and they really gave well, a nice twist to it. I, I remember when it was, I had heard the rumor that they were going to record a Blue Oyster Cult song. So I said, ah, you know, it'll probably be Reaper or something, you know. Obvious. Flame or something, something obvious. Right. And then when I found out they were doing astronomy, I quit my day job. <laughs> <laughs> Quit my day job. I had no idea if I'd be getting anything. Yeah. Uh, it did very well. And it changed my life because it did point out the fact that I should be writing songs. Yes. I should be writing songs. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, that's co-written with my brother, Albert. Yes. And our manager, Sandy, did the lyrics. So, you know, uh, we all made out well on that. And I think that was sort of the beginning of the resurgence of Blue Oyster Cult, not just being a one-hit or two-hit wonder, but, you know, people looking at the catalog with a little more respect, you know. Well, I mean, that's. I think it's a lot more fun to dive into the catalog and listen to those albums all the way through. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they, people get hooked on the single, yes. or whatever it is, and or the cowbell, or whatever, and then they, the they, they have to listen to... Then they have to listen to the, the rest of the album, yeah. and they start, they, start, they start evolving yeah. in their... Uh, appreciation so we're really lucky we know how lucky we are well we all know about the cowbell the Saturday Live skit Bruce could you come in here for a second please that that was going to be a great track guys what's the deal Uh, are you sure that was sounding okay I'll be honest fellas it was sounding great but I could have used a little more cowbell. <laughs> I wonder what you what was going through your head when you first saw that. Did you get wind that it was going to be on, that skit? Well, you know, when it was the first time it was on, Dennis Dunamy, Dunaway, I guess it was the last thing on, so it must have been about 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so he tried to call me, but that was in the early days of the Internet. And we right. had... America Online. Uh-huh. You remember, like dialing up the phone. Or yeah. You had to use your 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 phone line to to get on the internet. Yeah. So I didn't get the message because you were on the, the internet. <laughs> right. That's hysterical. But the man. first time it was uh, the first time it was rerun. I definitely watched it, taped it. You know. <laughs> uh, then it was then it was on like every year. It was on every year. And shows up and, hey, I hear, you know, when they have, like, hockey games down in Texas. Yeah. They, everybody brings a cowbell yeah. to the hockey game. And during during the break, <laughs> they play on the big screen the whole <laughs> cowbell skit. And everybody plays along. That's a hockey game. Uh, who would have guessed that the cowbell would have made that much uh, of an importance? Now everyone kind of wonders about, you know, yeah. cowbell and his song. <laughs> yeah. And but anyway, that, that it, it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, you know, um, I think it's worse for Christopher Walken. Oh he yeah. He goes to the restaurant and orders uh, Italian food and they say, you want some cowbell? <laughs> <laughs> well, him as Bruce Dickinson. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> And Will Ferrell, oh my God! I don't know who well, Will Ferrell was playing. <laughs> uh, you just you start laughing. Just just the, the 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 idea in your mind. Yeah, is crazy. So it just it was a fluke, you know. It it was the last thing we put on the album on that song. The song is finished. It wasn't done like in the you know for comedic effect. Right. Like, you know, we're all playing at the same time. No, the cowbell was like after all the overdubs were done, and it sounded <laughs> great. And David Lucas again, 
said, hey, you know, I think it needs some percussion. You know, uh, and he start, he played some bongos, and that uh, that didn't work. No, I mean it didn't sound bad, but it didn't work. <laughs> and then uh, said, "How about a flugelhorn? Flugelhorn?" So Randy Brecker comes out and he's playing this flugelhorn. I said, "David, that's the worst thing I've ever heard." <laughs> 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 and so we're all sitting in the control room. You know, it is. We're just sitting there in control, like, "All right, let's get this done." And then David says, how about a cowbell? Albert, go out there and play a cowbell. <laughs> Just play it straight, all the way through. And oh, I was God. nervous because I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm looking through the glass. Don't screw this up. Don't screw it up. <laughs> and miracle of miracles, it was perfect. One take, done, finished. It, when they mixed it for the album, it was kind of really deep in the mix. But when they remastered it for uh, CD, the mastering engineer, who was actually Bruce Dickinson, yeah. brought the cowbell out just slightly so that anybody <laughs> with the headphones on... Got to have more cowbell. big fat doobie would hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that fascinates me is that the Saturday Night Live writer, whoever wrote that skit, must have been a Bloister Cult fan. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the best of Blue Oyster Cult CD had just come out maybe a year before that, <laughs> so it was probably being circulated oh, around. Oh you know, God! That 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 uh, bunch of people. So, so yeah. so what's okay. next for the Bouchard brothers? I mean, besides the record company, you got okay, you got two albums coming out. Well, Are you, is there going to be a Bouchard Brothers show? Hopefully, when things. I, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yes, we are actually looking into maybe some drive-ins. All right, that's drive awesome. Uh, concerts. Yeah. Um, wow, who thought of that? That's a good be, idea. It would be just a, like a stopgap yeah. until until real concerts can come back. They're it bringing movies back with drive-ins, so yeah. why not a concert? Yeah. I like yeah, that. Well, I've done it up in New Hampshire and some say in the, yeah. uh, there's a place in Connecticut that, that has a, you know, they're thinking about that. So, I, although, you know what I really miss? I miss the crowds when they're all packed together. And they're all singing. They're all singing along. It's just, it wouldn't happen with people singing in their cars. I mean, you could sing in your car, but it wouldn't be like the whole crowd singing, you know? Well, so even, I'm waiting for that. I'm, I can definitely use that. Nothing's like it used to be, even with the cell phones now you have people holding cell phones up instead of lighters you know it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody did you notice that people are ta videotaping your shows with the cell phone instead of actually watching it you know that's oh yeah yeah i know I that's know. crazy in itself I, mean, I i don't think that you know people should enjoy the concert however they however they want to as long as it doesn't bother anybody else yeah and sometimes the taping does bother other people, so that's not good. But, but nothing's like you know, a pack. They want to just, they want to just be able to say, "Yeah, this is this this was so much fun." I get this vibe when I watch this video. But yeah, um, nothing's like the packed clubhouse. You know, yeah. fans going crazy. Yeah, and everybody's singing along, and they fists yeah. are in the air, and they're jumping up and down, and you know. Mosh pits. <laughs> Do people mosh to Bloister oh Cult? <laughs> oh, no, we'd have some broken bones for sure. 
Well, but, uh, well, I wish you all no, the luck. I wish you all the luck in the world with the new album, and I'll. I hope to get back to you guys with uh, Reimaginos. We could cover oh, that. Oh yeah. And we definitely uh, have to talk to Albert. I would love to see you in the drive-in. That would be to me a new experience. That would be awesome. So well, um, keep in touch we'll, we'll and let me know. We'll work. Yeah, I will. I will. But I hope to see you soon, Joe. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Joe Bouchard. Everyone, check out the new album, Strange Legends, decoentertainment.com. We'll have it for you. You can buy it there. Okay, this is Pat Prince signing off on the Goldmine Podcast. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content, giveaways, and also save on subscription price. Also check out at select Barnes & Noble and Books A Million stores as they reopen to get the Goldmine issue on the newsstands. Okay, we'll check out next time on the Goldmine Podcast. Bye now. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.